Ion 2020, episode 53. Have 2020 vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton, your host of Eye on 2020, the place that you've been coming to on a daily basis for all of the news and related events for the 2020 election. I really do appreciate all of my listeners and those that come out on a daily basis to uh, listen and find out a little bit of news and all of the happenings going on for this 2020 election cycle. Uh, appreciate you, and if it's your first time listening, thank you for tuning your ears in today, and uh, I appreciate you, I really, really do. And I've noticed a lot more people starting to watch or starting to listen to the show, starting to download. I'm getting more and more downloads every day. So you are just one of those that came back, and I do appreciate that. If you can, give me a five-star rating and review. And if you want to hear the show tomorrow, go ahead and subscribe to it. That's the easiest way to find this show in your podcatcher tomorrow. And I know that I'm fighting for your ears on a daily basis. There's plenty of shows out there. And... uh if you do listen to the show, certainly do appreciate that. I've always found that if you listen to it in two times speed, that's always helpful because then you can listen to twice as many podcasts throughout the day. So uh, that's what I typically do when I'm listening to podcasts. I listen to so many of them, and they're all fighting for my time. So uh, hopefully I can put out some good quality content for you on a daily basis, give you information that you can use and that you need uh, that you want to listen to, and we can make this show entertaining for you. That's what I try to do on a daily basis, so thank you so much. I really do appreciate you. Um, you know, there's a lot of news out there. There's things that are happening, and that's what I'm trying to do is make sure that I'm searching through the, the news on a daily basis so I could find what is going to you know spark your interest, give you some time to you know, put together some memes, give you some good information for some memes and things like that, you know, um, and also help you to argue with your friends because that's always the funnest thing to do, especially when you're a libertarian is to argue with your friends because everyone has these views that are like, uh, you know, Republican or Democrat. It has to be Republican. It has to be Democrat. No other options. Everyone fights over which candidate's the best. And then you're a libertarian and here you are giving a little bit of a different spin on things and you know, that's what we do here on, on IN2020. I put together a, a little bit different spin on things, so uh, thank you. Go ahead and subscribe, like I said. And if you want to follow me, you can now go to IonTheEmpire.com. That's where I'm at, IonTheEmpire.com. Took over that web. I went, over to, went ahead and bought that web page, and now I'm starting to post news and events, things that are going on across the world and domestically and in the election, and things that are just going on across the United States. IonTheEmpire.com, and my Twitter handle is at IonTheEmpire. So um, thank you so much, and if you want to go ahead and follow me, go ahead and go to those spots. I got a little bit of news for you today, and I just wanted to bring you something that I found from the National Review. Yeah, so on the National Review website, there was an article, and it says, Five Lanes in the 2020 Democratic Field, and it just goes over a little bit about 
uh, who's in and who's out. And it says, it's early yet. Nobody in March 2015 expected Donald Trump to crash a similarly overpopulated Republican field, but crowded but the crowd on the fence is dwindling quickly as pressure mounts to be in or out. As of this writing, there are 13 major candidates in and six others who are at least semi-seriously mulling a run, which could leave the Democrats with a field as large or larger than the ridiculous 17 candidates that the Republicans ran in 2016. And that's true, guys. We have so many people running on the Democratic field and more that are thinking about getting in. The only real serious one I think right now that are talking about getting in is Joe Biden. Uh, there might be a few others as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see other ones that are maybes are Michael Bennett, Stacey Abrams, Eric Swaddle, Terry McLuff, and uh, Michael Bennett, I guess. Steve Bollock, that was another one. But that's about it. The rest are, you guys know who is already in, um, if you've been listening to this show. And this is what they say. They say um, that there's three, or there's five lanes that these guys are going to be running on. Lane one is race and gender. In a better world, race and gender identity politics would not be a major factor in choosing a commander-in-chief. And a redu reductive analysis of Voters along racial lines would not explain much of our politics. Sadly, we do not live in that world. And the internal politics of the modern Democratic Party in particular are impossible to understand without starting with race and gender. We all know that's true. They play identity politics in the Democratic Party big time. And you have women that are lining up and they have they are allowed to say it that, you know, we need a woman in the White House and things like that, which, you know what? It might be time for a woman in the White House. Who knows? But it depends upon what the people decide to pick. But uh, by saying that, I mean, that's just something that generally, you know, the Democratic female you know, candidates will say is it's time for a woman in the White House and we need that. And I mean, this, you know, uh, same thing with like a Hispanic or so forth. The Democrats, they're OK to play uh, identity politics. And that's what they typically do. Um, you know, that's something that's just part of the age that we live in. The Republicans do the same thing too, though. You know, it's, it's not just a one-sided issue. Uh, Republicans play identity politics with the, um, you know, the the Christian right and things of that nature. So, um, anyway, so moving on, consider first what democratic electorate will look like. Exit polls are not available for every contest, especially caucuses, nor, are they without their own inaccuracies? But we have a primary exit poll from 2016-2008 Democratic contest, and they show electorate that ranges from slightly and heavily major majority female, and that varies widely from state to state. So there's a lot of female voters, so you're going to have that identity politics playing a part because a lot of Democrats are female, is what this says. So moving on... Uh, Lane two for the Democrats is going to be age and likability. Or I'm sorry, age and familiarity is what it says. There's a second way in which Democratic presidential primary voters behave differently from Republican Party primary voters. They are much more enamored with youth and fresh faces. Since 1952, Republicans have nominated a non-incumbent candidate age 60 or older, eight times in 11 races, including four in the six non-incumbent Republican presidents elected in that period. By contrast, Democrats have not elected a non-incumbent president aged 60 or older since James Buchanan in 1856 and have nominated only two 
non-incumbent candidates over 60 since 1876. That's Hillary Clinton and John Kerry. So Democrats typically go for somebody that's a younger person and uh, somebody that's not as familiar. And that's the tradition. Um, but it does seem like they, you know, last time they went for some, a familiar candidate, they went with Hillary Clinton. She was hands down their only choice, uh, pretty much. I mean, you had you had Bernie Sanders running hard against her, but the, the um, Democratic Party itself, the entrenched people within the party they really wanted it to be Bernie Sanders or not Bernie or Hillary Clinton and they made it happen uh so and uh so what I say when it when I've been saying in the past is that a Joe Biden might be somebody that they uh decide to go with maybe they won't go with that type of person that's traditionally what the Democrat if the traditionally the Democrats have gone with a candidate that is younger and a fresher face then they might end up doing that again. I mean, they did it with Barack Obama. Barack Obama was a cult of personality, so they might go for somebody like a Beto O'Rourke who seems like he is a cult of personality, somebody that has a charismatic presence. That might be someone that they end up going with. Uh, who knows? The ones that I see that are the more charismatic presences, it seems to me, is the uh, Beto O'Rourke. Um, and then, obviously, Bernie Sanders has a huge following as well. And he's not necessarily charismatic, but he, he's an ideas guy. Uh, older gentleman, though. But you know what? People loved him in 2016, so they might love him now. Who knows? The next thing that they'll, that'll help a Democratic candidate is going to be what they say here in the article. It's going to be the uh, lane three is anger. The next lane that we should expect to matter a lot in the 2020 primaries is less easily quantified. It's anger. The voters of the party out of power are always driven to some extent by anger, and doubly so when they're running against an incumbent, and a doubly, triply so when they're running against Donald Trump, because the Democrats, especially the people that are um, that declare themselves Democrats, someone that's an activist Democrat, they hate Donald Trump to the nth degree, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to run against this guy on an anger platform. Uh, you already see it with like the Elizabeth Warrens out there. You see it with the Kirsten Gillibrands out there. Um, you see it with a lot of these candidates out there that all they do is just talk, talk, talk about Donald Trump, how bad he is. They also, I mean, I see a lot of tweets about this as well. They do not like Donald Trump. So there's going to be a lot of anger against his policies, his foreign policy, his domestic policy, uh, his catering to the rich, as they'll call it, everything. They'll just go all out against this guy. So there's going to be a lot of anger that they're going to have. Uh, it says, the, the article says 79% of Democrats say yes when they asked if Donald Trump has ever committed anything that might be considered a serious crime. 70% of Democrats say yes when asked if Donald Trump himself did anything illegal. 65% of Democrats believe that Russia tampered with vote tallies in order to get Donald Trump elected president. 83% of Democrats believe that Russia hacked the emails of the Democrats in order to help Donald Trump. 41% of Democrats believe millions of illegal votes were cast in the 2016 election. So there is a lot of anger going on, especially against Donald Trump. So that's going to really help out uh, going forward for the Democrats as well. And I don't know if it's going to help them, but it's going to be something that the Democrats are going to be running on. And that's going to help that particular person to get more votes in the Democratic primary. Also, we have lane four is ideology. Political observers tend to see the lanes in a primary mainly in terms of issues and ideology. Sometimes that's true. Bernie ran hard against Hillary as too corporate friendly, and Obama ran against her on a, in the Iraq war. So the ideology is something that these people can run against. 
uh, or run on, and that is true with Bernie Sanders. It's definitely true with Barack Obama back then, and you see it now with like the Elizabeth Warrens out there and the Bernie Sanders out there and the more socialist-leaning candidates out there. So that's something that uh, is another lane that these guys are going to be running in. And then the fifth lane is going to be the Midwest question. The final lane question is much one of strategy as of popular mood, but it could make a difference in how voters and opinion leaders see their final choice. Are Democratic voters worried about white working class voters in the Midwest? The biggest surprise of 2016 was not Trump winning Obama states that had been won twice by George W. Bush, like Florida and Ohio, or states that had returned to the Republican fold for Mitt Romney, North Carolina and Indiana, but his victories in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, and Maine's largest congressional district. Those victories in states without significant Hispanic populations and with only modest African-American populations. So that is true. It was very much of a surprise that Donald Trump won some of those states. So uh, the Midwestern voters, are the Democrats going to go for those guys or not? You're going to need a more conservative candidate. You're going to need someone that's more populist, like a Joe Biden, to win those states. So I wonder if that's going to be helpful or hurtful. But that is the question that's on lane fives. And these candidates are going to have to address that. And that's going to be something that's going to help these guys get votes in the primaries to get their Democratic nomination. Okay, I'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. I apologize for making such a short episode today, everybody. I have uh, friends in town. It is our annual, I'm recording now, and it's our annual um St. Patrick's Day fiasco at the Eaton household. Uh, we always have a party on St. Patrick's evening, and we're going to be, and I, I always record on Sunday evening, but I'm just trying to record right before the party. So, uh, but I appreciate you listening. I really do. I am one 1,026th Irish, and uh, so we got to make sure that this party is great. So I'm going to go ahead and cut this episode short, and I appreciate you listening. I really do. Go ahead, and if you can, subscribe to the show, and go ahead and hit me up at my uh, at the uh, at the website. Go ahead and check it out. It's iontheempire.com, and if there's a way for you to go ahead and you know check that every so often, I'm going to be posting lots of news articles there for you as well. So uh, thank you for coming out today and listening, and uh, please come back tomorrow so you can have clear vision for the 2020 elections on Ion 2020.